Okay, welcome back to the RJ Young Show podcast where we talk about stuff and today I'm very pleased to be joined by Racing Incident co-host Anna Tarkov who's joined by her co-host Ellen where they talk about F1 stuff mostly from an American perspective but it is for all and everybody. I'm so into the idea of two women talking F1 and having a real conscience about what they are doing. They just spoke about say, the Miami Gardens controversy that has sprouted up around the Miami Grand Prix. It is undercover, and that is one reason in which that podcast is succeeding, is they're taking on the subjects that I really wish other people would take on in Formula One, and don't for one reason or another. She and I talk uh, for the better part of an hour plus about F1, right? And we really jam about some of the things we have in common and some of the things that we take issue with and would like to see corrected in the sport, made better in the sport. Uh, she's a Lewis Hamilton stan. I'm a Lewis Hamilton stan. Talk a bit about Jamie Chadwick and the W Series and why it is such a lightning rod for controversy. There's even some Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner takes in there. We speak at length about basically how we got into the sport and why we're here today and drive to survive it's just a really fascinating and fun conversation I'm grateful that she took some time to speak with me about this thing that she's made her hobby and quite frankly is my hobby but before we get to that conversation I want to read the prologue of Adrian Newey's autobiography called How to Build a Car it is one of the better ghost-written autobiographies in F1 that I've ever read uh, the Amazon reviews reflect that and I've read a lot of memoirs and autobiographies in F1 because that seems to be the only genre that is actually out there. I got more, a lot of Maurice Hamilton stuff on the shelf and his checkered conflict about 2007 season, particularly at McLaren uh, and their controversial Ferrari, is fascinating. But there's just some stuff that, you know, I'm an American. I'm used to a different sort of journalism and the libel laws in Europe, particularly in England, are, you know, really difficult. So I can understand what they're working up against, but a lot of quotes... Not a lot of paraphrasing, because the quotes are apparently where the money is. But when you can find somebody saying stuff from the horse's mouth, you do that. So like Tom Clarkson's Beyond the Grid, excellent podcast. It's an interview series. If you're into F1, you should check it out. It's also run by F1, so take that for what it is. Now, let me read to you this excerpt from Adrian Newey's book, starting with the prologue. And I'm quoting. Clouds were gathering that day. Rain was forecast. Feelings scrutinized. I lowered myself creakily into the cockpit of the FW-15, painfully aware that at 35, after 10 years in the business and two constructor championships under my belt, I was about to take my first proper spin in a Formula One car. In fact, my first real drive on a racetrack, period. It was 1993, and I was chief designer at Williams. Frank Williams, owner of the team, had been talked into letting... A journalist take one of our cars for a spin. All right, so I'm going to break in here and tell you that that is wild. Because just the insurance waivers that need to be signed have to be three feet thick. I don't think you could do that today. I would love to get into the cockpit of an F1 car until I actually have to drive that F1 car and not kill myself. But that's kind of the point there, right? You don't let... Just anybody get into those cars. Matter of fact, the FIA, the governing body for F1 as a sport, issues a special license to drivers to get into the damn car. 
Wild, Frank. You a wild boy, Frank. All right, I'm quoting again. What you might call a promotional drive. With that idea gaining traction, co-founder and technical director Patrick Head thought that the senior engineers, him, me, and Bernard Dudot, who was in charge of the Renault engine development, should also have a go. What? And so here I was, sitting in the car at the Paul Ricard circuit in the south of France, absorbing from a driver's angle all the things I'd paid so little attention to as an engineer. The procedure for the ignition sequence, the whine and howl of the engine, a feeling of being cocooned, but alone in the cockpit, as though the sheer volume and bone-shaking drama of it is physically holding you in place. Nerves suddenly giving a feeling of intense claustrophobia. You got to be smooth on the clutch or you'll stall it, I'd been warned. I didn't want to do that. Just the pride talking here. After all, I designed it. I really didn't want to stall it like some kind of competition winner. I stalled it. Those carbon clutches are so aggressive. You have to give the engine about 5,500 RPM, which is like trying to move off of the red limit for a normal road car, even though you're barely touching the throttle. They've wound it up again, and this time I managed to get off the line, tentative, but wanting to give a good account of myself. Taken to the straight, I had the traction control wound up high for stability, but even so, it felt like I was resting with the car rather than driving it. Wrestling with the car, I should say. I was wearing my motorcycle helmet, which was in constant danger of being sucked off of my head. The chin strap throttling me. I thought the constant howling noise was immense at a standstill, but on the track, it's like World War III breaking out in the cockpit. The airbox is above your head, so it felt as though the V10 was screaming at me, while the sheer forward thrust, the sense of the car wanting to break free of my puny control, was breathtaking. We're used to having absolute dominion over our machines, but not me over this one. The FW15 had around 708, or excuse me, 780 brake horsepower in a car weighing 500 kilograms plus the driver. So me, with kit on, say 580 kilograms, gave a very, very high power to weight ratio. Just for the folks that are new to uh, cars, uh, brake horsepower is the amount of power that gets to the wheels. Crank horsepower is usually what you're quoted at. So 700 crank horsepower is not what goes to the wheels, right? So it's a very powerful car, as you might imagine, because it's, you know, a rocket ship. Quoting again, and it was stunning. The clutch at the time was still a left foot pedal. These days, it's on the steering wheel. Even so, you only use the clutch once to get rolling. The rest of the time, your left leg is unemployed. The right, of course, is trying to stay on the accelerator, though the monkey brain is telling it to get back on the brake pedal. Yeah, dog. <laughs> The shift itself was the flappy paddle, still a relatively new feature that had not yet spread onto road cars. Lights on the dash, green, green, amber, indicated the buildup of revs. My limit was 14,000. At 13,500 RPM, the green light goes on. You get ready. The second green light blinks at 13,700, almost there. Amber at 13,900 RPM change. That little sequence takes about half a second. Gradually, 
becoming accustomed to the noise and beginning to feel as though I was controlling the car and not the other way around, I thought how intuitive the driving controls are. Green, green, amber change. It made me see Paul Ricard from a new vantage point and the act of piloting a Formula One car from a fresh perspective. I was in my 40s when the bug to actually race rather than just design the cars bit deep. But it first nibbled at that moment. It began to rain, chucking it down with rain. I started to get a bit cocky, but the combination of inexperienced but gathering a confidence driver and the rain was not a good one. And as my engineer's brain began to think about the redundant left leg, and whether it could be positioned differently to allow a narrower or more aerodynamically efficient front to the chassis, I lost a little focus. Before you knew it, I'd spun the FW15. Good thing about Ricard, there are lots of runoffs. You have to be going some to hit anything at Ricard, and I wasn't, so I didn't and no. I wasn't quick with the clutch, so yes, I started again. There's no onboard starter on the car. If you spin and don't manage to keep the engine running, you have to you have two problems. First, the engine stopped, so you'll need mechanics armed with a pit starter motor to get back in business. Second, it's stuck in whatever gear you were in at the time, and because the gear shift is hydraulically powered, it's not until the engine is running that you can then go back down through the gears. But of course, the mechanics can't start the car in gear because it would race off away from them. The need to come to the car with a little ratchet spanner and manually rock the car backwards and forwards while working the spanner on the end of the gear shift barrel until it gets back down to neutral. Only then can they put the starter in the restart, the, uh, excuse me, put the starter in and restart the car and off you go again. So there I waited. After five minutes or so, the mechanics arrived in a higher car. This had brightened their day, and yes, I was on the receiving end of some light-hearted banter. When everything was safe, I took off again, clocking up more laps, really getting into it now, feeling a bit more at one with the car. Speeds? Now you're asking. At Monza, cars reached speeds of 220 miles per hour. Me at Ricard? I got up to 175 miles an hour that day, which obviously is not what Alan Prost or Damon Hill would have settled for in that car. But still, for a 34-year-old engineer, on his first outing, it was fast enough. Indeed, by following the June, or excuse me, by the following June, when I raced the FW15 against Christian Fipaldi and Martin Brundle up the hill at the Good, uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed, I felt comfortably simple driving it. After all, it's actually relatively easy to drive a Formula One car. Throttle, green, green, amber change, brake, turn the wheel, point it at the corner, accelerate. Simple. It's like an arcade game. The challenge is doing it faster than everybody else without losing control. That is an entirely different level. I really love that. I enjoy it a bunch. Uh, because it's clear-eyed, uh, and it's from a guy that knows from cars. Adrian Newey uh, is perhaps the greatest designer of race cars in Formula One history. He's also the kind of guy that thought it was a good idea to try to put the brake pedal on top of the clutch pedal 
because he thought it would make the cars faster. Uh, you got to be a little bit, just a little off to be, I think, a really great F1 car designer. Really love that story. And I love the stories that Anna Tarkov chose to tell me in this episode. Let's go talk to Anna now. Don't be cornering me. Hold up. Time. You got to help me with that, that corner sh**. <laughs> okay, I'm pleased to be joined by Anna Tarkov, who is one of the two hosts, uh, joined by Ellen at Racing Incident, a podcast for American F1 fans, by American F1 fans. And we seem to have a, quite a bit in common. Uh, met Anna, just like we do most things over the internet, you know, <laughs> uh, saying hi. As and you do. We got to chatting and I asked if she would do this podcast episode with me and she was gracious to do so. Anna, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, it's been fun. That's about as good as I'm doing too. Yeah. Long day, man. Uh, yeah. 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 Both got sure. kids. So that's, that's what mm-hmm. we're doing right now. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's start future casting in, uh, well in Italy, right? Let's go there. Sure. Go Malo. Uh, Imola. 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 Thank you. Imola. Mm-hmm. I'm already off to a great start here. <laughs> um, you got right, my like, name right. That's really the only thing that matters. Was you know, like, okay, so I want to call it the San Marino Grand Prix, and I can't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, for yeah. obvious reasons, but we probably shouldn't <laughs> mention because it's that's such a bad way to start. <laughs> Doesn't it have like to 1994? Yeah, it doesn't have like the longest name. It's some like really long name, actually. It's like it's not just Emilia Romagna. There's like something else in there. Yeah, now I got to go look it up because it's like so long. Well, it's and, probably, and it's, it was off until like the pandemic, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And we were all going <laughs> like, oh, this is cool. Or, I mean, no, they were there. They were there um, last season. I believe. We're, okay. So 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think. They, last season we were there, I believe. They're calling it. Well, the... I, I should know this because, well, no, not tw- um, I'm th- maybe it was 2020. I don't know. Well, I, I it's all that uh, I can't remember. <laughs> no, no, like because I it only came up because uh, Gunther Steiner, who is team principal for hospitals, you don't know, but you probably do, mm-hmm. had mentioned it's great <laughs> that it's back on the calendar and they found the money for it because yeah. money's. A bigger yeah. deal than it used to be, which is hard to believe. We'll get into that, but it's called the Formula One Rolex <laughs> Grand Premio uh, Del Mare in Italy. El twenty Amelia Romagna. Yeah. What the hell is that? Like nineteen words in this. It's like Charles Leclerc's like real name or Carlos Sainz. Like both of them have these like you know names that have like seventeen names in them. Um, it's so I yeah it's it's obviously honoring them I guess. <laughs> no, look, uh, I just learned how to say Leclerc, and I'm and like, <laughs> like Carlos Sainz Jr. Right? We should add that. Right. Well, you know. Well, but uh, but no, seriously. So like, right. My best friend Ron. Uh, who I owe a lot of my car enthusiasm for two is a tremendous rally fan, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way I am F1, he is rally. Rallying like, is cool. I get it. I wish I could get into it. I just, there's no time. You, you've lost me. You, you've lost me. <laughs> like, like, okay. First of all, Hey, veer left, no further left, no further left, <laughs> you know, or you're going off this dune 
and you land <laughs> the truck and everybody breaks their back, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Carlos Sainz Sr. is like 58. Yeah, he's he's getting up there. And he's still absolutely wrecking people. Like it's- that's what that's what's cool about rallying. You can race until like, you know, quote unquote old age. What well, so look, yeah. that like we talk about how physical the sport of F1 is, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'll catch four or five G's hitting the accelerator. You're going to catch yeah. a G just getting off of the accelerator. Yep. And then there's rally where <laughs> nothing is flat yep. and everything is trying to kill you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nah, man, I can't. I can't. Do that. <laughs> I, can't do that. I, I think it looks like fun. <laughs> it so, looks like fun. But all right. So there's rally there. Right. There's F1, obviously. And you've even talked with me a little bit about some indie. Like, yeah. How'd yeah. you get into racing? Uh, so it's it's weird because um, I'm still super new, like both Ellen and I um, who host Racing Incident, we're both very new fans. And, um, and I should say it's for, you know, the show is really, it's for all, I mean, you know, I'm sure we have people listening who aren't American F1 fans too, but it is from an American F1 fan perspective, obviously, because we're the ones posting it, but, um, but yeah, we both, um, we both came in through the dreaded drive to survive, I guess you could say. Um, it's not the full story, but it was what got us hooked, I would say, um, to to really start watching all the races and do I prior to having watched Drive to Survive, I couldn't have told you what the difference is between an IndyCar and an F1 car. I couldn't have told you anything. I couldn't have told you that rallying is something that exists. I couldn't have told you that all the other different types of motorsport that exist. I couldn't have told you anything at all. Like I've always liked cars and I've always been like interested in cars, but as uh, a lot of women are often not steered towards interest in those areas, I also was not. And also I didn't really have anyone in my family who had the same interest. I don't know, maybe that was why, but um, I, but my dad was actually an engineer. Well, in the former Soviet Union where we were from, he was an engineer. You come here, you're not going to be an engineer. Wait a second. Stop, uh-huh. stop, okay? stop, stop, sorry. Former <laughs> Soviet Union? We're taking it back to yep. the 1980s? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are. Um, I was born in 1980, and we came to the U.S. in 89. So, um, yeah, so I spent a chunk of the beginning of my life there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. AMA. I mean, that is, no, seriously, that is fascinating. Um. Yeah, I I apologize for being just uh, really into that idea. All right. So I'm going to tell myself for just a second here. (laughs) I have a CCCP jersey in the closet, hockey jersey. Okay. Okay. This this gets into politics and whatnot. And I want to we'll see how far I need to go into this to explain the story. But I hadn't been outside in a very long time for obvious reasons. You know, we're in a pandemic. Sure, sure. So I'm going to the grocery store down the street. I throw on the jersey. I walk Mm -hmm. in. I'm Mm -hmm. going to pay for my groceries at uh, the cashier. And a fellow behind me walks up, shows me his firearm and says, take that jersey off. This is March. This is March. And I'm like, you know what? That's on me. Take this jersey off right fast. (laughs) Haven't put it back on since. I understand now. But no, like it, it was more, it was, a, it was, it's a conversation piece about socialism and communism. And no, that's not what it is here now. Right. 
Oh my, oh my god i'm sorry that happened to you though oh, the worst has happened yeah. I, look look well i'm sure but <laughs> that's still not fun no it's a story i tell now but all right so <laughs> you move here in 1989 and you're going about your life until drive to survive yeah pretty much pretty much like i i um i did i never watched any kind of racing at all i again it's like i feel like i have so many things like this that are I feel like, you know, latent interest, like I used to, um, I used to do a podcast actually before the one I'm doing currently, uh, that was about video games. Um, and that was, and it was about actually primarily, uh, mobile video games, like ones you play on your phone or tablet. And, th and that was also from a specific perspective of two, uh, female video game players who hadn't like, we don't know how to dual stick. We didn't play things on consoles or really complex PC games. We really, really love games, but we played games only that like were accessible to us because titles. We didn't grow give, up. Me, give me some titles. We, yeah. You know, the Monument Valley, the room, um, you know, these are ones you'd know probably, but there's there's a whole world. Actually. I mean, so we did the show for like two and a half years. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot out there. Um, and and we just and we talked about also just from our perspective, like being, you know, not the typical gamer. Right. And so now I'm like not the typical racing fan, too. <laughs> it's like Very it's cool. like the story of my life, basically, no. No, to not be great. the typical whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, we, one day, um, my husband had, he had seen a, uh, Vox video about, uh, the Monaco Grand Prix. And, uh, then he saw that it was like on, you know, it, this was, uh, this was the one for, this was the 2021 Monaco Grand Prix it was technically the first race that I watched. So I didn't even watch the earlier races in the season, uh, at that point. Um, and, and then he just put it on and we watched it. We had no idea what's going on. We don't know what we're looking at. We don't know what's happening. They're all just going around. Okay, great. Um, and, but I, I had some, but I was like intrigued, you know, and I, and I had a few friends, um, in Europe that I knew were into F1. And so I started asking them, you know, a million questions and, uh, they pointed me to, you know, all the things, the YouTube channels, the podcasts, the this, the that. And I'm 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 like the type of person when I get into something, I get into it hard. And that's how that's how I am with everything. Okay. I was like that with games. I was like, I mean, I went to the game developer conference in San Francisco both years. We did the podcast. I, I got a press pass and I went and the second year I even hosted a party. And anyway, um, <laughs> so I've lived like several lives already um, and none of them make me any money or, or anything like that, but it's, you know, it's, it's good fun um, and it gives me something to do. Uh, but um, uh, so, yeah, so I, I just, I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to watch the next race. And then I watched the next race and the next race and the next race. And, and then we, and then he had found my husband who actually didn't get super into it then as a result, like, because, well, technically, like only one of us can devote so much time to something <laughs> because it's like, um, um, you know, I mentioned to you before we started recording, but like our son is autistic and nonverbal and it's a lot and it's a lot of um, caretaking and all kinds of stuff. And it's um, um, and we don't really have really any outside help. Um, but so it's it's and he and my husband works full time, of course. And, you know, so 
it's like we were trying to figure out a way to actually watch a race together this season. I told him we could watch it, you know, at whatever time since I have F1 TV, you know, I said we could do that if he wants like to see if like maybe. But I have a feeling he won't ever get into it the way I have. But it's something we can, you know, we can sort of check out a race together. maybe. But yeah, so we we watched Monaco and then I was and then, and then he found Drive to Survive on Netflix and was like, oh, this is about you know, um, F1. And so we started watching it. We watched the whole thing together. Um, and, and of course we, you know, I've now watched season four, although very different experience watching a season when you're actually a fan already as compared to watching the previous ones where, or, or maybe it just got worse. I don't know. A little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of both. I think it's both. I think it's both. Um, uh, my co-host Ellen actually has a great theory that it's the season four curse that this happens in Real Housewives too, and now it has happened. Drive to Survive is basically the same <laughs> as Real Housewives. Let's be real; it's the same concept. You know, the one is about cars, one is about women with a lot of money. It's the same. Oh man! I mean, it, these are people with a lot of money. So, uh, I mean, it's such a similar concept, really. You know, right? It's like the racing is incidental to, <laughs> right? To. <laughs> Whatever, uh, because, whatever conflict we can we can drum up for you. Yes. yes right. Right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I that's that's how it happened. And I and then I, you know, I, I just went in like full tilt, like I said, like I do that with everything. When I get into something, I really, really, really get into it. And let's see how long it lasts, because sometimes uh, these things with me do. I don't think this is going to peter out, though, because I, I, I don't see that happening because there's just endless drama and excitement and you know I, I don't I don't think I think it's going to be if it does eventually it's going to be like 20 years before <laughs> before maybe I would lose interest or something like that but I, I don't think that's happening anytime soon so well I can share that uh the last time that I got this deep into a hobby it became my full-time job <laughs> I'm, I'm, so like, you're just like me then <laughs> I was about to say like it's 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 a thing that I have going on in my life uh -huh. as well um uh-huh like for instance, I got really into Metroid Dread. Uh, it's on Switch, right? Fantastic mm -hmm. sure. uh, action platformer and played a bunch of action platformers. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the season started back up and I've been watching and participating. And because of what I do for a living, there's a little bit of uh, some overlap with some folks that may or may not have heard about me doing college football and, and obviously mm -hmm. talking F1. And I see a lot of similarities mm -hmm. between what I do for a living and, and my hobby. Uh, sure. but, you know, like I put myself through school turning wrenches. I got into F1 because Lewis Hamilton was driving from McLaren in 2007 because mm -hmm. uh, black history is my way in. And I have a whole tangent in theory about black exceptionalism and black excellence and wrote a book about the Tulsa race massacre and from Tulsa. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But I, I, um, I, I really would love to read that. I, um, oh, I saw that you. you wrote a book about that and I, um, like many really, really embarrassed white people, of course, I only I learned about it. Now it's been a few years or maybe more, but on, I remember Watchmen? when I first learned about it. No, oh, um, no, it wasn't. Um, I can't remember. OK, I can't remember where it was. It wasn't Watchmen, actually. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm proud of that, I think. <laughs> 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 I mean, whatever, like, I guess, no, whatever seriously. Gets you there, but, hey, a lot of people got into know. like, I, I know plenty of black folks that didn't know about it until Watchmen too. I mean, it's just yes. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, exactly. It's, you know, it's unfortunately, that's the sad reality with much of American history is that it's obscured from everyone, not just, you know, not not just, especially white people, but it's like, 
a lot of other people too. A lot of people have well, actually been affected by things to that degree. I mean, we can make that argument, I think. Uh, and I didn't have time to make this in the book, uh, out November 1st, for those of y'all that are want to pre-order it's like <laughs> the pandemic for instance, right? Like nobody mm -hmm. knew much about the 1918 influenza pandemic because this is the mm -hmm. United States of America where we don't like to talk about what we think is weak and dying yes. of the flu. People would think it's weak. You die in yep. World War One, though. You die in World War Two, though. We build you monuments. Civil War. We're mm -hmm. still fighting about that. Mm -hmm. But if you die of something or in a way in which is not one that Americans have a way to lift up, mm -hmm. it kind of gets forgotten about or not talked about. Yeah. And, and plus, right. we just forget about things like five minutes after they happen anyway. So, yeah, that. and that, I fight that all the time because so much of so what hard. I do is looking forward and basically looking into my crystal ball and saying, I think this could happen. And then when it doesn't mm -hmm. happen, you were wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how that works. And we're, we're probably never right in the moment. Absolutely. And uh, historians make a living out of that stuff, man. That scares the bejesus out of me. Cause it's just, I know. Hey, your whole job is to tell us what's going to happen based on what has happened. No, yeah. like what? <laughs> oh, no. like for instance, uh, is, Ferrari going to win its first world title since what, 2009? Uh, is that, I think that's no, right. Nine? I'd have nine. To, uh, mm, sounds right. I don't know. Well, so <laughs> we got we got Michael Schumacher in 04, and then we got Fernando Alonso in 05, 06, and we got yeah. Ferrari in 07. Yeah, right? I think that's right. Yeah, 07, because Fernando and Lewis were on the same team, and that's 07. Uh, yeah, that was quite a... That was, I mean, I've, I, yeah, I've gotten, you know, again, because I go hard and I go all in, I've tried to learn, you know, as much of the history and everything as I could, you know, I'm still obviously not, you know, um, anything like that, but I, but I've, I've gotten into a lot of that stuff and yeah, like 2007, my God, like that is, is fascinating to me. It's fascinating. I can't imagine what that was like to actually be following at the time. Um, were you already hell. a fan back then or not yet? Uh, yes. Uh, that was you my were. first year. That was my oh, first year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, no, seriously. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to drill this point, but black history is, is my history, right? Um, my right. grandmommy sued the state of Mississippi for voting rights in 1967. You know, she's nice. part of the Mississippi freedom democratic party. She was with Fannie Lou cool. Hamer 64 convention. Oh, about wow. give us, yeah. oh yeah. No, there's a research grant at Southern Miss uh, University of Southern Mississippi in her name. She's the jewel oh, of my family. Like it's awesome. just, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot. but well, I'm found, sure she'd be proud of you. Oh, th thank you for that. Um, I'm sure she would. I get to, I get to talk about her in the book. Uh, and I got to talk about it in my first book, which is fun, but Oh seven. I find out the first black F1 driver ever yeah. in his rookie season. I'm like, oh, I'm in. Let, let's yeah. go. Like, of course. This. And then he turned out to be, you know, legitimately <laughs> the greatest right. driver of all time. <laughs> yes. So he's yes. my guy. Lewis is my guy. People I, have I, I no one. I don't think anyone has known peace since Lewis came into F1. You know what I well, mean? It's, it's wild because, all right. So I, I, I deal with a lot of Max Verstappen's fans. Mm. And he ends up being the Who ground doesn't? I'm fighting on, you know, like he's not, I'm not, I don't dislike Max Verstappen. He's extremely talented. I mean, you're sure. 17 years old. They put you in F1 car and you can go. That just mm -hmm. doesn't happen as much as people no. like to think it does. No. But the people that I'm usually at odds with 
have a different take on life than I do. And mm-hmm. that's what we're fighting about. Mm-hmm. But the, the number of people who are like, I just want to see Lewis lose. And I'm going, for what? Why? Why? He's 37 and he's still going. Like, Fernando yeah. Alonso is 40. <laughs> he's still going. What are we doing here? Also, uh, you know that you're supposed to say by law, Fernando Alonso is a double world champion. Uh, yeah i think that that is a law right everywhere you go yeah uh i mean i think you might also be required to say by law that he could have been a four-time world champion but for like five points or so yeah it's like a total of eight points it's like stupid (laughs) it's oh man it's it's the worst for him but also like you are you're the reigning world champ you expect to be leading mclaren Uh and you get uh stuck with the greatest (laughs) (laughs) by the way like has anyone had worse luck in their career than Fernando uh, yes. Alonso? Like yeah, I, I, I walked this okay, one out. Okay, who? Um, okay, okay. Got to be Vettel. It's got to be Vettel. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because well, you but at Red least Bull. you won four championships though. In a row, right? Yeah, yeah. And you go to Ferrari and they suck. Yeah. You go to the greatest yeah. of all time and they suck. And now you got to watch Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz <laughs> in these Ferraris where you're in this green POS. Like it's just. Oh, oh yeah. That's yeah, that's got to be rough. But like still, no, I think I feel like Fernando is I feel well, I don't feel any pity for him because I, I don't particularly like him, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, it. you know, it's, okay. it's fine um, because I mean, you know, like as a, I'm sure uh, I mean, a lot. I feel like this is a common uh, feeling among Lewis fans, especially because, you know, he's he's just um you know, he's never he's never gotten over that 2007 experience. He has never gotten over that. Th- that man is going to go to his grave being like, I can't believe that this happened to me. Meanwhile, <laughs> you can't... have you have Kimi Raikkonen, who's like, it's nice to be world champ. I, yeah. it's just, just everybody. <laughs> nobody was mad at Kimi for winning the world title, that's which right. I find that's right. Like Felipe even just got something to say to somebody. But. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I need to write about the 07 season because it's just so bizarre. And like you, I'm fascinated by it. But you got Fernando. It is fascinating. To, yeah. You, to depose the team. He blackmailed his <laughs> own team. He blackmailed oh his own team. With, with content. It's insane. By the by the test driver. That is Pedro De La Rosa. And Pedro's like, what? I talk to everybody. I tell everybody what's going on. <laughs> like, what was it? Juan Pablo Montoya basically broke this down for the AP one time. He's like, yeah, everybody knows. He talks. That's what he does. Right, right. Yeah, Fernando. yeah. And of course, Fernando's going to go to Rod Discord. I will tell everybody. Oh. I will tell everybody unless you make Lewis's car worse than mine. Oh, man. I mean, this is what the this is like. It's it's almost like I almost feel sad. I almost feel sorry for him there because like this is what you have to resort to. You know, you're a double world champion. Also, this was his what? This is only his like third year in F1, right? I mean, or, or fourth or whatever. Uh, he, he, I think it was like I think yeah. his first year was like oh two or oh one okay so i think the, it was his, but he's yeah. the guy that broke michael schumacher yeah right? yeah like he's the heir apparent he's got right. two in a row yeah he yeah he's the best in the sport said i'm out i'm retiring because this is i'm not dealing with this guy right. and then fernando's like okay now i'm gonna be the guy but here comes lewis hamilton <laughs> Who, to ruin that whole scenario can i just all right i need to rap about this for just a second the idea of Lewis Hamilton is impossible. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. impossible, man. Like I wrote, th- I wrote this down and we'll see what happens with it. But my take is 
He is the greatest athlete on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I can lay that out for anybody because even among great black athletes or the greatest black or uh, Blake greatest athlete in the world, let's say Serena Williams, for instance, yep. you're not the first or Simone Biles tennis player to win a, a grand slam. Mm-hmm. Lewis is the first immediately showed up and wrecked shop mm-hmm. and has continued to do nothing but wreck shop yep. and still is the only black F1 driver ever. Like, yep. I just, and he comes from racing remote control cars in a sport where it feels like either your daddy has to be an F1 driver, a millionaire or a billionaire for you to get a seat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whatever, man. Like, yeah. it's, that's impossible. It is. It is. He does talk about, though, how it's like how he uh, I mean, I've heard him talk about multiple times about how he doesn't he doesn't know if they would have been able to do it like today, you know, they where it's gotten have. more it, more and more expensive, like it would just be impossible probably yeah. today. So it was like, like just at the right time with, you know, just like he was born at the right time. It was like all the stars aligned, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, OK, so there's that. Right. Uh, not to mention he's his parents are divorced at a, I mean. It's never easy for any kid that has divorced parents, but you're growing up in the 1980s, -hmm. right? You're basically on blue Peter racing these cars and you're beating adults and that's how you get a shot. And then your daddy puts you in a go-kart and turns out you can drive. Mm -hmm. But my favorite story is him being in Japan, not having a sponsor, his daddy having to put his side business on the car, Mm -hmm. him starting 20 on the grid and coming back to win after he'd already been cut the first time by McLaren. And then Ron Dennis signs him back. Yeah. Just, that in and of itself is chance, right? I like, love that. I love that. Happen. Yeah. I also love, I also love the one about like he were, they were at like whatever, like motorsport, like award banquet thing. Yeah. His dad was like, that's Ron Dennis. You know, he told him like, that's the guy, you know, cause of course he was a huge Ayrton Senna fan. And he was like, that's the guy that worked with Ayrton and built his cars. And, and Lewis just goes up and tells him like, you know, hi, I'm, I, I'd like to be a Formula One world champion and, and drive for you. Like, it's just it's amazing, really. Like, it's it's uh, he he just he had it. He had it from the beginning and well, he was there to tell Ron Dennis, like, I'm going to do you a favor, man. <laughs> on the flip side of that. And this is where I talked to a lot of white folks. Ron Dennis said, cool, call me. Yeah. Right. Like he gave him his phone number. Mm-hmm. At the time, I think he said like something like call me in like nine years or something. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be a much shorter time period than that because Ron's watching him. But I have a theory that because there aren't that many black folks in the world, and I use black to really encapsulate a group of people who were brought to wherever they were brought to mm-hmm. under the guise of slave slavery, right? Ancestors yep. were slaves. To say that you need a white person to help you is not enough. You have to have a white person who's invested in helping you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Ron was invested yeah. in helping Lewis. Mm-hmm. And what is wild to me about all of this is how taboo it still is for so many people in F1 to just talk about race. Mm. Like nobody wants to mention it at all. Ever. I know. It's the worst. Even when they're it's trying the to worst. castigate the guy that they don't like, like even when they're trying to throw shade at Lewis, they mm-hmm. never bring up he's black. And then at the, at the Tuscany uh, Grand Prix in 2020, he's the guy with the, Arrest the cops to kill Breonna Taylor shirt on. And he's got yeah. other drivers kneeling next to him. And I, mm. it's, it's, I don't understand it. Maybe one day I'll get there. Uh, I mean, I, as a white person, I feel like I have some insight here. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I think that at least insofar as I can tell, when I try to talk about 
a lot of issues oftentimes with people um, that have to do with race or gender or, you know, other things like that, that people don't want to talk about. Um, it's, I think it's, it's really just a matter of, uh, for a lot of people, I mean, there's different, there are different reasons for different people. Not everyone has the same mindset about why they don't want to talk about these things. But I think that a lot of people, I mean, one of the more common ones I would say is, is a lot of people want to pretend that like racism is over, you know, like we, we solved that. You know, the, there really is there really is a great, uh, you know, desire and, and in some people's cases, actual belief that that that's all basically fine now. Like, we don't need to talk about that. I mean, I can tell you, I, I will tell you a story that helps illustrate this. Um, when I, I used to be um, a journalist, I used to be a reporter. Um, I didn't get super far because then I had my son and I couldn't really continue working. And but anyway. Um, so, uh, on the night that, um, president Obama was elected to his first term, I was, um, reporting from a, um, I was actually at, at a local, uh, one of the local, like, uh, Republican organizations, you know, watching, um, people's reactions there, whatever, you know, what they were going to think about the whole thing. When I tell you that there were women crying and the men were like shaking their heads. And I, I, for as long as I live, I will not forget the things that this one um, gentleman said. He was like, okay, we have a black president now. Can we finally stop talking about race? <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's the thing right there. You know, like that's, they just, they, they, they don't want to talk about it. And so these are like Republicans that I'm talking about, but you could say this about obviously lots of white people, even those who consider themselves liberal progressive like the people that have you know the signs on their lawns in this house we believe that black lives matter science is real blah 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 all those things and i live in an area like that where it's you know uh, there's a very liberal veneer but people aren't necessarily progressive not necessarily leftist you know the, what i would say i'm I, I live in the wrong place sort of but anyway <laughs> um I, i'm i'm here now and so uh but you know it's there's just there's there's just that fear and that um that that you know that you're going to have to admit that maybe you have some kind of advantage that is unearned nobody wants to admit that everybody wants to believe in this beautiful dream of a meritocracy that people get what they deserve what they work for that it always works out that way that that's how the world works everybody wants to believe in that especially white people <laughs> and obviously and so and so it's a difficult conversation for many, many people to have because of that. They just they can't you have to your mind has to be, you know, open to to understanding things in a way that you haven't before. You have to be open to because that used to be me. I can I can really say that that used to be me before. I would say what before, maybe before Ferguson or before. I'm not sure when it was like a turning point for me. Definitely the election of Donald Trump was a turning point for me because I was one of these like surprised um, people the next day where I was like, what, how could this have happened? How, how on earth could this have happened? And then, you know, I talked to some of my black friends who were like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like this happened, like they weren't surprised. And I was like, oh, well, why aren't they surprised? And then, you know, that, that set me off down a path, you know, of, of being like, well, I'm, I'm listening to the wrong people. I'm paying attention to the wrong types of media, to the wrong types of commentators, to the wrong types of I. So I, I, I 
I set out on this like very deliberate path to to really mainly consume things from from people of color, from queer people, from whatever, any any marginalized group uh, of which technically you could say I'm one. I mean, I um, I am Jewish and I'm I am an immigrant. Right. I mean, I am a an American citizen, but I wasn't born here. Alas, I cannot be president. You know, that's just sad. But <laughs> Yeah, I you know I was really rooting for Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was going to try to change this. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was sort of rooting for that because I'm like, then there's a chance for me. There's a chance. <laughs> not that I, yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. But um, uh, you know, it's it's yeah, it, there's just so many barriers for people. You know, there's your own ego again too. You know, where you you want to believe that you're a good person. You want to believe that you're a, everybody wants to believe they're a good person. And and people think that being called a racist is like literally the worst thing in the world when it's just not. It, it can just be factual and you can be not necessarily, a, you know, big R racist, but you can still hold racist beliefs and ideas. And people don't people have a really hard time understanding that they think that it's black and white, you know, <laughs> no pun intended that that it's, you know, you're either racist or you're not. That's it. There's no middle ground. <laughs> you're either burning crosses on people's lawns or or you're you know yeah that's that's where we're marching now right right there yeah violence. i mean that, that's, yeah that's that's, that's, that's the sad violence. reality that's the oh. sad reality when people think of racism they think of things like that they think of putting on a white hood they think of you know what i mean like they think of these things they read in about in history books and and they don't understand um all, all the different ways that uh that it manifests itself so yeah it's, could talk about this all day i'm sure oh no <laughs> seriously uh i am i'm here for it uh it's also all over F1 and, and the way in which I try to yeah. talk to folks that want to talk about it is what they don't tell you or what is it that you have a question about or you wonder about put that into mm -hmm. Google and see where you go right among other things which can be yeah. dangerous but I don't think it is as dangerous as some people want it to be for instance yeah. um, did you hear earlier today as we're recording this on a Tuesday with the Grand Prix uh, first sprint of the year starting on uh, Saturday. Yeah. That's going to be fun. And now they get points for the top eight, I think. Right, get, right. Yeah. And all the teams are pissed about it. I'm going, you know what? Deal. It's, it's I, I like it. I thought it was, I was very happy they did that because this way maybe there'll be an actual race, like since there's more points to go around. Right. And I think we could see some, some jockeying. Out, yeah. Uh, well, Kevin out. Magnuson already said, like, I read this piece earlier this evening uh, where Kevin Magnuson was like, yeah, I'm going all out in the sprint race. I I'm even if it's just for one point, you know, because okay. also man, man's like, he's here to, He's not playing that guy. Okay. Okay. First of all, I love him. Any point for Haas is 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 great, right? right. Like when he's going all out, it's like, yeah, that's his championship. Uh, yeah, totally. Tangent here: the yep. white Ferrari, and I'm going. Uh, okay. First of all, y'all are so not creative, right? Number no, one, no. I mean, call it big sauce, right? <laughs> call it more ranch. You know what I mean? <laughs> Call it the moonshiner. It's a North Carolinian <laughs> business. I call it the, man, liquor, the mayo Ferrari. Yeah, I just you know, uh, you could actually do some fun things with this, right? You could uh, you could call it um oh what's the white sauce that's on uh Alfredo? Uh oh uh well I think it's just called Alfredo. Okay, sauce, isn't it? right because Gunther yeah. is Italian as much as yes. people just don't want to admit it or don't yeah. want to research, right? But no, I get that. I get that. Uh, but where I was going with that is 
Charles Leclerc was robbed of a three hundred and twenty thousand dollar. Oh, my God. Watch. Don't get me started. RJ. So like, Do not wait a get second. me Time started. Out. Forget the rob part. That's terrible. That, that sucks. I'm sorry. You had what on your wrist? Uh-huh. 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 Three hundred twenty grand. Uh-huh. I think that was pounds, by the way. No, I think it I think it was dollars. About. I think it was dollars. But okay, was nevertheless, dollars? <laughs> nevertheless, you'll get a kick out of this. So I tweeted about this, right? Because this is like my jam. I'm like, listen, you people are way more upset about Charles getting robbed of this watch than you are about literally anything else. Then you are about like the lack of diversity in F1. Then you are about like racist abuse Lewis gets. Then you are about uh, even forget, even take the racist abuse to Lewis out of the, out of the picture. Let's say you're, you know, let's say you hate Lewis. You don't care about that. Fine. But like the oil and gas sponsors, the, this, the, that, the going to race in these regimes that are, you know, frankly, quite scary. And that, and then doing really nothing to try to, yeah, there was a drone strike. 10 yeah. kilometers from the track. <laughs> yeah, it was right there. In Saudi Arabia. I mean. Why, and we're just like, no, we're going to race. It's fine. RJ, it's okay. Because Toto, you know, Toto said that, like, it's okay. Because, like, those things happen all the so, time. There. Hey, no. It's uh, all uh, good. Just to, just, to, just to dice on that point right quick. <laughs> he had a really pragmatic answer, which is to say, hey, we're in their culture. Yeah. And we're here for as long as we got to be here. And then we'll leave. Yeah. What do you yeah. expect? I, and I'm was, going. Yeah, but okay, he did, like, the way he phrased it. It was definitely uh, oh, I, not great. I'm. I'm kind of in, I'm, I'm a, I hesitate to say I'm a full-fledged fan of Toto <laughs> because usually if you make your money as an investor in anybody's stock market, there's something about you that I genuinely yeah. will find I don't like, but, yeah, but <laughs> you've got, you got the only black driver, right? You went and got him. Your yeah. wife yeah. was the last woman to drive F1 test. And she runs that's a right. Formula E Merc, right? I yeah. mean, I keep looking around and he's doing all the things I want a team principal to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he'll do yeah. something like that where I'm like, I see. Your yeah. Point. It's, well, I, I mean, no one's argue. perfect. No one's perfect. Right. Like, sure, so I in, in, in the grand scheme of yes. general managers and major yes. sports franchises, <laughs> yes. who knew that the guy from Austria who dropped out <laughs> I of know. college. Who invested in internet technology early so he could race? I know. Would end I up know. being the you know dapper six foot five cut of what you would expect the team Look, principal of Mercedes to be. I'm. I mean, I I, I can tell you that they're uh you know like people Christians talking about like girls like the hot drivers. I'm like, forget the drivers. Have you <laughs> seen the team principals? I'm just saying. Well, all right. You know. So so there's him, right? Yeah. And there's nobody else. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, there's no. That's yeah, the, no, no. That's the part no. that he's the only handsome team principal. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no one else. There's no one else. We only need him. It's good. It's oh fine. God. He's uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, he's because he's such an interesting character, really. He's not just that, you know, yeah, he's all those things you said. But like he's, you know, I don't know if you read um, that interview he gave when he was at Harvard doing whatever he was doing he brought one of their old f1 cars over there and he like taught a business class and it was it uh everyone everyone was so excited to meet him which of course you know i would be too um and uh he um he gave this interview that was really like it was very like revealing and you know uh emotional like he talked about the fact that you know how he's been in therapy for like all his life and and um something he said specifically that resonated with me the most was that he said that the people who feel the most and are the most are, are like the most vulnerable mm. like that's I was like oh I felt that in my soul 
Cause that's like, that's exactly how I feel. Um, you know, like I, I feel like people who are, you know, who are really sensitive, who are emotional, who are kind of open to the pain of others, you know, that sort of thing are it's, that's the hardest for us, you know, when, um, there are other people that seem to be able to just kind of like slide through life and not be that bothered by things. And I'm always looking at them being jealous, but that's not me. And it's not Toto apparently. So I really think that, I think that, I think that what happened last year, I think really did. I mean, obviously it severely hurt Lewis the most, but I think that it, um, it hurt Toto a lot as well. You know, I mean, people joke about his whole turtleneck interview with the nobody's <laughs> safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a target on everyone's back. <laughs> no, the one that I wish was, was the meme was, do you drink? Yeah, that was a good definitely do. That was the meme. Like nobody has such disdain for someone who is going to have a glass of wine or a beer as Toto Wolf. He is like even when when Valtteri was like, I'd have a glass of wine, he's like, Really? He's like, No, I'm joking. Oh, okay. Because we need to have a serious conversation about how I'm gonna fire you and I need you to right. I need you to race for me the rest of the way. No, I didn't want that. So I I uh I'm the kind of person that buys the Harvard business article, mm-hmm. the one that I want to read. And it was a great <laughs> one that came out February of this year, taking a look at Mercedes in 2021, going into 2022 and oh, Toto's philosophy and uh-huh. the whole philosophy of Merck and how he built what we would know of as Mercedes taking Braun GP, obviously, and flipping it into this juggernaut there's not enough in there about Nikki Lauda, uh, and I got several biographies over here that I need to go through where I'll probably get some more of that. <laughs> but it's he's a fascinating cat, and I would really love to sit and talk with him probably over, I don't know, lemonade or something. Because I for that dude a beer, I feel like he's <laughs> shut down and turn me off. But I was bringing that up because I thought that as we're going into this space where you're seeing the Americanization of the sport. And by what, I, what that means for sports fans is the, the cost budget acts like a salary cap. And you're talking mm-hmm. about Mercedes, who's used to spending $450 million on their team, mm-hmm. can only spend 145 on parts, right? They can still pay Lewis yep. and engineers whatever they want, yeah. but there's some things that yep. they just don't have the money to spend. Mm-hmm. And we're bending the rules so that teams like Haas or even Ferrari – have more time to test their cars mm-hmm. than a Mercedes because they've had a stranglehold on the championship in a way that is quite honestly unforeseen, right? And yep. I think yep. it's also interesting because last year was really the last year that I thought that they had a real shot to get Lewis number eight. Well, he, he, put it he, all he away. got it in my mind. Well, and that's kind of the thing, right? Is you know. F1 doesn't care. Like no. this, is a, this is a sport and this is what I think is going to get to be hard about this for Americans, we don't do with tanking well. No, no, we don't. With with making a teammate lose so you can win. So Mm -hmm. what was it? There was a famous incident where a team just ripped open a gearbox and said, hey, we broke it so that they would switch positions so that they can get the better driver driver on the clean part of the track. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do well with that. We're not going to do well. Yeah, no. What was it? Fernet meant. I need to just sit down and like go through Fernando's list because you're talking about (laughs) there's going to be a lot on there. No, but seriously, like, all right. So they wrecked, they had this other dude wreck so that Fernando could win, which, you know, Mm -hmm. not the first person to have that done. I think Schumacher even had that done at one point. Sure. But 
I also watched the Fernando doc on Amazon. It's like two seasons, by the way. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Is it good? It's Fernando. Okay. <laughs> it's like well, Fernando. Did, did saw you get any insights doing. into him? Well, no, I, I got some, but not the ones okay. he wanted me to get. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So like things like Fernando is still racing because one, he wants to get as many championships as Senna. And mm-hmm. the more you get into the sport, you'll, the more you understand Yes, Lewis is the greatest driver of all time, but Lewis worships at the altar of Ayrton Senna as does every other driver. Sure. Right? For reasons that have to do more with how he passed and what he was capable of rather Mm -hmm. than just the driver that he was. I say that to lead into, look, man, Fernando ain't no Senna. No. Okay? No. Okay? And (laughs) Fernando is about Fernando. Yes. Fernando yep. is driving because he does not want to be the old guy walking into the paddock and have the young driver mm-hmm. looking at him like, who are you? And him have to mm-hmm. say out loud, I won two world championships. Yep. By the way, at Renault, <laughs> it, right? right. <laughs> who basically sits out in Prost, hasn't produced much of anything at all. Oh, and I, I am the only Spanish driver to not only win a world championship, but to take a pole. Yeah. Like that, by the way, that gets me back to Carlos Sainz. That dude can't win, man. Oh, like, I feel so bad for like him. Like 103 races without a podium. I feel bad for his him. His daddy is his daddy. He's in Fernando's shadow. Fernando's yeah. best friends with his daddy. Ugh. It's the worst Sad. possible. And he Sad. just handles it. He's just he handles but yeah, it. I, th- I think you're 100% right about Fernando because like you can see it in the eyes of all these other people who are working for Sky and whatever, you know, doing commentary, you know, like uh, Damon Hill and David Coulthard and whoever else, you know, you can see like there. I, I remember once watching, I think it was, I don't know, it was uh, uh, working up to the race and one of them was out there, you know, talking to people and whatever. And, and the person who he's like talking to, you know, in his ear, she, she said something like, uh, she's like, oh, did somebody ask you for your autograph or something like that? And he was like, oh, I don't know if they know who I am. You know, like, you, you know, you just know that they're like, I'm old. They don't care about me anymore. You know, they, I'm not the, you know, I'm not Max Verstappen. I'm not Lewis Hamilton. I'm not whatever. Nobody knows who I am anymore. Boo hoo. I mean, Damon Hill, like, like I, I used to, I, I mean, duh, Damon Hill. I, I mean, uh, oh, where to begin? You know, you know, you know her, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I used to listen to uh, like the the podcast he does with um, uh, with Tom Clarkson and Natalie Pinkham, F1 Nation. I used to listen to it. I used to enjoy it. I, used I can't to be okay. stand it now. I can't. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. It's I can't the worst. Anymore. Like, I, yeah, just, I can't. Look, look, I can't. Tom's Beyond the Grid. Amazing. Love that was that, that. That's great. Yeah, right. that's totally good. But that's that's very F1 good. F1 Nation. I'm, I'm one. No, no, no. Nah, nah. okay, and it's that that also speaks to just how the sport is. And I want to, I want to get your take on this about Fernando though, mm-hmm. as he is a divisive character once you get to know him. But like, I was intrigued in that I have some colleagues at work that are into F1 mostly because I keep talking about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't, RJ's putting this One into of content, us. So we have One to of us. Right, right, right. So <laughs> like, for instance, they are, they picked Haas because it's American. And I'm going, oh, you picked the crappy team. <laughs> and they were like no we picked it because it's american yes and it's crappy <laughs> do you understand but what much you have less crappy now much less crappy oh, okay this is also wild to me in that 
Americans love winners. Yankees, yeah. Red Sox, Dallas Cowboys, sure. Los Angeles Lakers. Okay? Sure. The idea that Americans <laughs> will latch on to what is essentially the Detroit Lions. Right. One, because they're American, <laughs> speaks to just how important it is to them to be American. Right. Listen, that that whole patriotism thing, it's it's uh, uh, sadly it's real. I mean, you know, it's it's a whole thing. Like I I um, I rarely feel any kind of um, patriotic impulse. Very, very rarely, almost never. So I don't have those feelings about Haas. But uh, but even I have felt um, I remember actually I watched the um, I don't know if you uh, watched any of it, the race of champions that they had in Sweden. It was like on snow and ice. So cool. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, And they actually um, there's there's like the part where it's the nation's cup and then there's the individual drivers all compete um, for the for the um, driver championship. So it's two days when the first day is the nation's cup and then it's the drivers. And uh, I think in the past they've maybe done it differently. But anyway, uh, the, so we actually there was an American team. It was Jimmy Johnson and Colton Herta, and they um, they actually did really well. And they they had never like driven on snow. You know, these are like two guys from California, right? right. Like, and they were like, "We're out of our depth. This so is going to be we hilarious." Drive Indy. Get out of my face! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we go around like, in circle. They, yeah, they'd never, you know, driven these kinds of cars, whatever, you know, it was just and then they did like really well. They they came in second in the um, they they did super well. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm almost a little bit proud to be an American. Like what's happening? This is it's a strange feeling. I don't have this feeling very well, often. Hey, every now and again. Right. It pops up like <laughs> sometimes I have it when I'm watching the U.S. men's national team play soccer. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. U.S. women's national team play soccer because they're legitimately they're awesome. Yeah amazing right yep. the men's national team i just don't don't embarrass me that's, that's <laughs> Make the World Cup, and they have this year to their credit because i was absolutely destroying them missing the last <laughs> world cup and i'm going i can't i can't do this especially as the women's national team like we're we're moaning complaining because they're in the they're in the bronze medal match right because mm-hmm. they didn't just go ahead and destroy everyone but to your point about americans haas is interesting in that the only thing that is american about haas is it's owner yeah yeah okay. that's really it gene is fighting klein and T- gene also caught a i think it's a 34 million dollar settlement for tax fraud uh-huh right and that conveniently uh-huh. gets left out of the calculus but you got your team principal who's italian yeah you got your number one driver who's danish you got your number yeah. two driver who's german <laughs> like you keep going down the list here right yep, yep if you yep. want to make an american make it a multicultural experience and then i'll be with you and you can talk about being from Canapolis or Carolina. I will let that slide. I mean, I think they have like some tiny little office maybe. Yeah. But that's uh, it. Yeah. Well, obviously it wouldn't make sense to, you know, because everybody's in in some part of England. Uh, Yeah. But to your point about Colton Herda, uh, who is an F1 test driver for Mm -hmm. McLaren. McLaren. Yeah. Who's the last American to drive F1? Okay. I've, I've already forgotten this. I knew this at one point. That's what I'm Okay. So like it's Scott (laughs) speed. So to not that's it. Thing, that's right? right. He's got the coolest name ever. But, for but also driver. Scott Speed has it still in his Twitter bio. <laughs> which I Exactly. Exactly. That, that's what I mean. It's that. And the number of Americans who are like, who the hell is Scott Speed? And be like, well, actually, he was the first superstar uh, young driver for Red Bull. And they're like, stop it. I'm like, not. Nah, yeah. True. And then he had it. You out know, the only the only thing I can think of, though, when you say that is that. It's been 
much, 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 much longer since a woman has driven an F1 and an F1. Yeah. So do you want to want to talk about? Uh, sure. Lola? Let's go about Lola Lombardi for a second. Here. I mean, yeah, why not? Um, yeah, right, such so- a such an inspirational story. Do you was, know when she scored her point? Uh, no, when, when, which, um, so which th- this is it? wild to me because uh, I, I went looking for this answer, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I was curious about why the hell aren't there any women driving F1? And mm, my best friend, there's Ron, lots of reasons, right? But, but, you know, let's, let's, let's start with the ones that people want to give and then flip them out the way, right? So yeah. I would ask other people, they're like, well, what's, what's hard about driving a car? I'm like, driving your car? Nothing at all. Driving an <laughs> F1 car? You're a fighter pilot. Yeah. You've never seen an F1 driver wear glasses because per- mm-hmm. their eye their eye vision is perfect. Yep. That's talent. Their reflexes are faster than yours. That's talent, right? Mm-hmm. Skill is developed. We can develop skill, and there's a difference between skill and talent. Sure. There are lots of women that have both of those things. Mm-hmm. And the cars are so sophisticated and built for everybody to sit in them that mm-hmm. it's no longer that you have to be physically strong Right. Occupy the tr- the car. You just have to be fit. I mean, to that point, Jensen Button, yep. like, qualified for the World Triathlon Championships, and he's a F one World mm-hmm. Champion, right? Also, does the commentary on on Sky Sports, and I don't hate him, which is saying yeah, a he's lot. not he's not terrible. He's, he's okay. having a good time. He's he's, he's having a good right. time. That's what I he's ask. All him. right, I don't he's mind him too much. Yeah, but Lella, who is Italian, mm-hmm. is running for the first time in 1970 German Grand Prix. 1975 right. German Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. That's the one where Nikki Lauda caught fire. Oh my God! I didn't realize it was the right. same race. Right. I think that's one of the reasons why it kind of gets missed. It's like no, this is the one where Nikki yeah. Lauda nearly died. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's kind and, of a big deal. Yeah. Right. And she's the kind last one big... to score. She scored half a point because they didn't finish the race. Mm-hmm. But she's the last uh, woman to score a point right, in F one. Right. I think there was another woman that drove at least one. There race, was, yeah. Like I don't. I don't think she got any points, but she, yeah, she did drive and right. And, um, so yeah, it's 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 been very long time. It's just, I mean, it's honestly even amazing that like those women back then did it. It's almost it almost makes it seem like it might have been almost not easy i'm sure it wasn't easy for them but you know that it, it almost seems like things are sometimes going in the wrong direction you know where it's it seems that way with a lot of things a lot of i mean i honestly like i um with in general like the misogyny in the sport overall you know is is a major is the main contributing factor really like people again people don't want to talk about this the way that they don't want to talk about race the way that they don't want to talk about other things people don't want to talk about misogyny being a factor again this is another thing that people like want to pretend is is done is over because now women can vote and have jobs and do whatever and so everything's fine now everything's fine I don't know if you got... we're done it's we're done i don't what what else do you <laughs> what else do you bitches want you know oh it's God. like that's like the attitude you know it's like look there are women ceos there are women doing this there are women like you know shut up already you know that's that's what it feels like that's what it feels like and i i mean i i um a little while back, I, I did this uh, Twitter space about misogyny in motorsport. And I had people who were like, I was hosting and then I had other women panelists and we had, so I'm uh, 41. Uh, There were uh, some ladies who were in their thirties. And then we had like, these girls were like 19. Um, And all of us had had, you know, similar experiences, similar, whatever. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, this is like we're not making progress. Mm. Like if this is, you know, we're all these we're all these different ages and generations 
and and things are kind of the same in, in some respects. You know, obviously, you know, there's movements in the right direction or whatnot, you know, there's no more grid girls, I guess, or there's, a, you know, like things, <laughs> I mean, you have to start pointing to things like that because there's not really a whole lot else, well, but <laughs> no, please finish. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's just that there's such a, um, still such a long way to go. Like when I've had, when a um, lot, lot of women have had the experience of, for example, having the conversation like about Jamie Chadwick, like why doesn't she have an F3 seat? Why does she have to go and race in W series a third time after having won it twice and have to go race for God, for Caitlyn Jenner, you know, which is just, I mean, I don't know. I feel sorry for her having to I have a question. do that. I have yeah. a question. Why? Yeah, I wish I could answer it. I mean, okay. I, you know, oh, you mean why, why is Caitlyn Jenner there or why? Well, why do you feel bad that she has to drive for Caitlyn? Well, Caitlyn Jenner is a um, misogynist and a racist and a, um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and actually quite anti-trans despite being trans herself. We, we don't, we don't speak about it enough, but I, this is, it's interesting to me because I'm team Jamie Chadwick. Uh, mm -hmm. and have been basically since she won the W Series the, the first time. And I also enjoy, if only if only a name, that she is driving for a transgender owner, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and team principal might not. And by the way, yeah. um, Caitlin drove the long, uh, what was it? The, is it the Long Island Grand Prix? Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Pro-Am? Yeah. She, she, she's, she's got laps. Like, huh. she, she could drive. Like, yeah, I mean, the that makes sense. Which, I mean, she was an athlete, obviously. Well, I mean, so, but yeah. it's one thing to be an athlete. It's another thing to be able to do all the things that she was capable True. of doing. True. And the idea that she does want to be involved in W Series, and W Series in and of itself is contentious, right? There's lots yeah. of women that yeah, have been loud about, why do we need this? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a difficult one. It's a, you know, because it's like, it's like you can't it's like you can't get too upset about it because you're like, well, then these women wouldn't have any chance to race anywhere, maybe, you know. And so you're thinking, well, at least this way they're getting some kind of a chance. But it's but it's clearly it's not working. It's like we can't have um, it's uh, uh, one of these young ladies who was on the panel of the space that I did put it really well. One day I, I saw her tweeting that what we cannot have is for W Series to become like the women's F1. Like that's what we cannot have. And that seems to be what's happening. Like that's that we're just we've shunted you over here to this uh, series for women and this is where you can race and that's it you know because how else do you explain the fact that Jamie Chadwick can't get an F3 seat even you know how how else can you explain that she can't get the sponsorship money why can't Williams help her for example well, okay like, that's where I'm going that's where I was going so I thought about this in some uh in some detail and I'm gonna um, give you my theory and please poke it so we know that Frank Williams found out Toto was married to uh, Susie. Mm -hmm. And when Toto basically got onto the board, all that Frank wanted to talk about was his wife. It's like, she drive? Yeah, she, she drives DTM, <laughs> uh, which is, for those of you that don't know, is, uh, is touring in Germany. Uh, obviously, he's Austrian. She's in Germany. They get to mm -hmm. know each other. Mm -hmm. But he's like, would your wife be interested in driving uh, for Williams? And he's like, I don't know, ask her, which I love, right? <laughs> like, it's like, I love that. I won't speak for her. Right? And Toto then was like, to go like vote about, talk about her joining the team. Toto was insistent about, I'm not only going to not be in the room, I'm going to be in another country. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm not going to have my hands anywhere near this. And Susie has always been really forthright in talking about and very sober 
about yeah. what she was capable of doing and what she wasn't. Like, absolutely. She talks about the two tents that she couldn't make up mm-hmm. when she was driving mm-hmm. uh, at, I think it was in Germany at Nürburgring. Mm-hmm. And Felipe Massa was like two tents ahead of her. And she's like, yeah, I know. I just, I couldn't hit the brake that late going yeah. into this one yeah. turn. Yeah. And that's what separates me, right? Right. That's why, I mean, that's what separates, right? Like the people right. who are well, from, just, that's pretty much it. That's, that's it, it, right? right? There. And that's, yeah. that is, but for those of you that don't know, that is the reason why Lewis Hamilton is Lewis Hamilton is yeah. he will hit the brake later than you will. And he can control the car. And that's talent. Yeah. You can't, you can't teach anybody to be that fearless repeatedly. And you can't teach anybody mm-hmm. to have that control. Consistency. The consistency right. really is what's like just insane. Like, you right. Know, you and she, she drove a lot of people can do it like once in a while. Right. And he, and that was the, like, that's in that Harvard business review article that uh, mm-hmm. I paid for. It, <laughs> Lewis, uh, Lewis and Toto had an agreement. Toto said, I will build you a car that can win races. And Lewis said, I will be the late breaking champion you need. Like mm-hmm. he uses late breaking the term to describe his driving, which I really enjoy. But I bring that up to say, we, we know that Frank Williams was in on this and we know that Claire became CEO. Now mm-hmm. I have, all the things to say about whether or not Claire was ready for that role and whether or not she was built for it, because I like to yeah. think of her more of a, as a person who went to races as opposed to a person that lived in the garage. Yeah. Right. She enjoyed being Frank's daughter. Mm-hmm. And Frank would be the first to tell you, I didn't do anything except want to race. Patrick Head is yeah. the guy that made us right. who we are. Right. right. And yep. when Patrick's no longer part of it and Adrian knew he's no longer part of it, it's real hard to win races because you need a chief yep. designer, you need an engineer that can go. Yep. Yep. So you have the most, I would say, the most progressive uh, team. Mm-hmm. I mean, even ahead of Merck because of what they were willing to do to yeah. try to win races, both scientifically, physically, but also uh, with their personnel, right? Mm-hmm. And you were trying to bring on Susie Wolf. It didn't work. She, yeah. She's like, cool, I've done it. I'm not going to get there. I'm going to do something else. You find mm-hmm. Jamie Chadwick, Frank's gone, Frank's dead. You sell the team to a hedge fund that is scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who owns that? Um, no, who uh, I'm scared. I'm scared. Nobody to ask. knows who owns this hedge oh. fund. <laughs> Does that not scare anybody? Like, yeah, that's, going, that's scary. Maybe, yeah, that it's is scary. maybe it's known and I've just missed it. And if it has I mean, been- I don't know if it's any scarier than the stuff that we do know, you know, like who owns and, these other things? Well, hey, look, I would much rather know. I, would, I guess I, that's true. Like, I guess hey, man, true. if if the devil's real, walk into my house. That's fine. <laughs> Don't be hiding in my in my shadows, dude. Just right. reveal yourself. But <laughs> we're not in a space where I think a Jamie Chadwick gets a seat because we're not we don't have people in place to give her a seat. Right. And the thing about Formula Three, Formula Two is that the cars are built to run the same. Mm-hmm. And that only matters when you get to F1, when you are built a car, uh, a car that is not running like anything else and is probably unlike anything that you've ever driven before. And then you have to adapt to it and they have to adapt to you. And what it usually comes down to is an engineer, engineer going, this car is fast. And you going, but I can't control it. And they'll be like, we'll find somebody that can because the car yeah. is not going to get slower so that you could drive it better. Right. And, and that's a really difficult thing to put in front of a viewer to help them understand. Yeah. You know, like Lewis talking yeah. about this car that they have now that's, uh, <laughs> I call it a bouncy dirigible. <laughs> I like that. You know, I like but that. I love the way he described it going into Australia. It was like, no, she'll bite you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. I, like, I like hearing this. It's like, nope, you push her, 
she's gonna bite you back yeah. and i was going Ooh, yeah. no wonder you don't want to he's like every time i try to throttle her she says no sir uh-huh <laughs> i feel i yeah i got i feel for lewis honestly but at the same time i also am highly annoyed by like these people like we talked about it on our show this week um new episodes come out on wednesday by the way right on. uh so that'll be tomorrow uh and uh, yeah i mean like we talked about like the this, I, I i don't i'm so tired of hearing like you know x driver number one x driver number two number three etc like going down the line of people who are like oh lewis must be you know or like this guy whose name i had to google because he was an f1 for like five minutes and he scored like <laughs> 17 points i was like shut up like first of all and then but but that but really what that gets to the issue that is there really is not that people talk shit because people always talk shit but you don't have to give them a platform you don't have to write it down and publish it like that's the thing that uh, kills me time out yes you do yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yes you do all right so like i i have i have so many thoughts about this from a, from a content standpoint it's all like, right i mean well, i get no, it i do like, i do every get time it, a driver but... pops up and says he'll be thinking about moving teams do you have to publish it well yeah yeah, yeah you okay. do because you're being great at two like you're know, like I know. if I if I if you walk in you tell your editor that you talk to a f- former Formula One driver for any length of time and he had opinions about guys <laughs> at the top of the standings and you didn't think to write a story I might need to find somebody else to do that job because a part of the job is yeah okay cool you do, you don't like it but you're talking about it and that's basically enough. how British tabloids work right I is, get it what are people going to talk about. Cause that's yeah. how you keep your yeah. job. And I don't think many journalists enjoy that aspect of the job, right? It is a part that you have to do. I think that I would feel better about it if I saw that there was more of a balance of that kind of content and actual, like, you know, reporting, like actual, like, why does, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not expecting much from the people that cover motorsport and F1 specifically, sadly, but I mean, you know, there are so many things that nobody covers, nobody writes about, nobody like when um, like when it was International Women's Day, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, but on there's this great like Twitter bot, someone programmed that when a company would like tweet about something about like what they're doing for International Women's Day, the Twitter bot would reply and would somehow, I don't know how this worked, but how, how, uh, how it does it, but it would tell you what is the pay gap between men and women at that company. Um, and so a lot of the time they were, you know, highly embarrassing. Um, sometimes it was close and it was, you know, not so bad, but yeah. Uh, so I saw there were, of course, you know, a bunch of the F1 teams, you know, posted things about International Women's Day and, and the bot got them, of course. And, and, um, and I remember looking at this and going like, why is this like, no one's writing about this, for example, or no one's writing about like, no one knows, no one knows everyone, everyone's going to try to figure out like what color nut and bolt is on the, you know, or what, what side, what shape of, you know, that's, I get it. Like, that's really important. Like, yes, for sure. But like, nobody's trying to write about or speak about anything that actually really matters in a more, in a grander scheme of things. Like, like the, when they were doing um, the whole, we race is one thing, for example, which I guess is over, right. Or, you know, but when they were doing it, like if I was a reporter covering the sport, 
I would have been like, okay, there's this new initiative. So what's it going to be? What's going to be the thing? Like what, what exactly are you going to do? Then when it's been however many months already have gone by, I would maybe go back and be like, so how's it going? What are you actually doing? You know, I mean, I found out recently by, I like, I've befriended this one guy who works for one of the teams and he used to be on their um, uh, internal uh, DEI team, like, you know, uh, which, which F1 encourages teams to all have, but it's not like a requirement or anything. Obviously they're not going to tell you how to run your own company. So there is a main one, like at the uh, F1 level and then, but they, they encourage individual teams to have those but it's like i'm like no one's writing about things like that no one is asking any questions about what any teams are doing to to, nobody cares anna that that last (laughs) that that last sentence that last sentence yeah Uh, it's not only it's not only that it feels that nobody cares it's that the amount of vitriol that you will catch not just from random individuals but from people that you thought of as friends Mm, I know is I know just so difficult to wade through and then you will be in this position where you have to give up your own personal capital to keep following and pushing those stories and trying to get those stories in front of people who keep telling you over and over again I don't want this from you Mm -hmm. what I want from you is to tell me about porpoising which is a terrible term that we use (laughs) to describe the bouncy dirigible but I like it. I think it's cute because it makes me think of the dolphins. Well, I mean, right. And and that, look, I would say bouncy car, you know, uh, bumper (laughs) car, something of the sort. Or or more to the point, just, you know, I want to know what the hell's going on with Red Bull's fuel system is is a much higher search result than, hey, uh, can we talk more about Checo being a Mexican F1 driver? No. Okay. No, we can't. We can't talk about that. We can only talk about it in so far oh. as like you know tequila, right? Like so, you know. I, this is a topic that I wrote down, and I, and I promise to get you out of here uh, soon because we <laughs> we're already an hour in. Oh. Um, so well, I had a feeling this would happen. So it's no, all, this it's is all fun. good. It's fun. It's I'm, I'm I wish we could do this all the time. Yeah. Uh, dude. We, we yes, we we will offline about it. <laughs> um, so you posted the 11 minute Red Bull video movie of Chad yeah. from New York to Miami. Did you watch that? I did. I watched it all. Yeah. Did you ever wonder why they put Checo in a car to drive to Miami and not Mac in a car? That's <laughs> a very good question. That's an excellent, excellent question. I can't think of a reason. I don't know. I I just don't know. It's like it's like people don't know why Lewis gets booed or why, you know, like they just it's because he wins a lot. Arch, that's all it is. Like, don't you know that? Oh, my God. It's because he wins a lot. You know, that's all it is. That's, that's all it is. People people don't like winners. Yeah, his teammate is the reigning world champion. <laughs> yeah. 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 It has nothing to do with how Brian Brown Miami is. Nothing at all. No, no, oh no, God. nothing to do with that. And also nothing to do with the fact that Checo would have had to like this would have taken a lot of time to, you know, like this would have, you know, they obviously they all have to do things like this, you know, filming various things and whatever. But I'm pretty sure that Max has to do less, uh, especially now. I'm sure he has to do considerably less or like, I mean, he's never in anything really. To your, your comment about uh, drive to survive and how it has changed. You know, yeah. Drivers are like, I'm not going to do it. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, number one, the great, the, the, the great magic trick in all of this 
is that people believe this is Netflix's fault. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's those people are wrong. Well, right. Right. <laughs> but that's that's a brilliant yeah. magic trick. Right. It that is. is the whole is. Siegfried did not get eat by the tiger. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. got the tiger to sit still and all of that. Because- the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Right. <laughs> exactly. F1 goes to Netflix and says, hey, you want to do something? They're like, sure, we'll take a shot at it. And they basically drop over the Real Housewives and their reality content on F1. And it turns out to be outstanding because the guys, generally speaking, are race car drivers. Mm-hmm. They're not wired <laughs> to do a whole lot else. And I, you know, even nope. the first season, people forget like Mercedes is not even in it because they're like, Why yeah, and neither is Ferrari, I think, because they right. were they were very reticent about the whole like, oh, what do you mean? They're going to come in here with cameras and like, right. show and, our and car. So and, yeah. right? and yeah. talking about opting out and I'm going, nah, man, like, <laughs> first of all, they put three Grand Prix in this country next year. Good luck yeah. opting out because yeah, this is no. the last bastion of F1 fandom. Mm-hmm. And it's the nut there that, frankly, Liberty Media wants to crack because Bernie Eccleston, which is a whole nother topic, never, never really cared about the United States. My favorite no. anecdote about Bernie Eccleston in the United States is that not actually 2007 United States Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. It is the 2012 Austin Grand Prix mm-hmm. in which my man is doing media. Okay. American media, not British media. American media. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know who Bernie Eccleston is, Imagine a, uh, a billionaire worth four and a half billion dollars who's in his 80s, married to a woman who's 35, who is a five foot three Andy Warhol lookalike. Yeah. Yeah. Bernie Eccleston. Mm-hmm. Now, Bernie Eccleston, who's in Austin, Texas, Texas, wearing mm-hmm. cowboy boots and a cowboy hat, <laughs> is asked, what else are you going to do in the great state of Texas while you are here? He said, I'm going to go to L.A. tomorrow. <laughs> That was his contention about the United States. Literally. I mean, to be fair, I would feel similarly about Texas. Oh, let's not be Austin, honest. though. Like, okay, so yeah, okay, fine. Austin's, Austin's not cool. that bad. Yeah, Austin's, Austin's right. cool. Houston's cool. I should yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. True, true. He and and Texas the... is overall not. I mean, Texas, you can't generalize. Well, I mean, I, a... look, I I live I live nearby, right? I'm in yeah. Tulsa. Yeah, so you know, you know, Texas is four states. Yeah, you know, like literally four states. Well, that's, it is. It's like it's it's enormous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, but also you go to this part, it's going to be purple. You go yeah. to this part, it's going to be red. Yeah. Austin yeah. is the only part where it's going to be absolutely blue, which is yeah. also wild yeah. because it's the state capital. Right. But I also get up to that because Max Verstappen going, yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do the documentary next year. Yeah, I'm I mean, like, he's not. He wasn't in it for the 2021 season. I mean, they, they had yeah. pick his storyline. Mm-hmm. He was in it. He's on the floor. Yeah, right. He, well, he's I mean, he didn't give any he didn't do any of the interviews like he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like he didn't do any of the. So that was he he opted out of that. Like that was the thing he said that he opted out of. And he did. It's not he's not like he doesn't when you watch it, there's none of the interviews where he's sitting there in the chair in the dark right. room, you know. Right. right. Yeah. So they, they just use the stuff that there's still obviously stuff out there, you know, where he's uh, talking to other media or whatever. I think so they use things like that or or if they incidentally, you know, kind of filmed something when the, so that's that was obviously he's still in it, but um, but not in that same way, which honestly, I think is like I have I I have also thoughts about that where it's like, I, I don't, I don't, I think that, um, I think it's a bit of a, like, you know, very diva, like prima donna thing to be like, 
well, I don't like the way that they, you know, like I, they, they, I mean, like you understand that this is a dramatized, you know, thing. This is not meant to be, you know, total 100% reality. I feel like everyone understands that, you know, other drivers may also not be hundred percent happy with everything that, that is in the show, but they, they aren't, you know, they're not opting out. They're not saying I'm not going to do it. I feel like that when you, you know, you complain too much about how you're coming off, maybe, um, maybe that's just you. <laughs> like, well, I don't know. Hey like, man, I'm just... uh, race, race car drivers are the kind of people who will absolutely wreck you to win or see yeah. you wreck to win. Or if, if it's cheating and they can't get caught, they will, they will do that. I would yeah. also add in here, Max is still terribly young like i want to say he's 23 22 in there i think yeah 23 or 24 yeah okay. I mean, yeah and he's very young yeah i'm still i'm part. still yeah i'm still hoping he might change well i mean and look i have uh, hope the difference is like i say this a bunch but uh this is f1 specific the home training matters and the only mm-hmm. guy in that sport today mm-hmm. who 100 got home training is Lewis Hamilton because his parents don't have money. Yeah. Full stop. You had to yep. learn how to talk and treat people mm-hmm. because that's how you move through working class England. Right. Yep. Yep. And I think you could see that all over Max. There are a few, there are a few other like Esteban didn't come from right, money. Ocon, right. Right. Yeah. But even um... he is okay. I'm not going to pick a fight and poke a bear that is Fernando Alonso. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, no, let's not. Well, so like also the, didn't. In the go, Fernando yeah. doc, there's a part where it's his uh, first year back. I want to say it's 2020. Yeah. There's two really great parts in the second season. The first one is <laughs> Renault has him as a test driver, which gets, you know, all sorts of scorn. Like, <laughs> Come on, guys, really? That's supposed to be for a young driver. And it's like he is a young driver. He's not been in the sport for two years. <laughs> but they let him drive the 05 Renault, <laughs> which is a V10. Mm-hmm. and he gets on the track, he's by himself, he's taking it around, and you hear the sound of this engine, and there's a great shot of Lewis going, that is the greatest sound. Yeah, I know, I've seen that. Made. I've it's, seen that. Right. I've seen that. I and love then, that. And then he's racing with Ocon, and it's not going well. He finishes mm-hmm. badly, and Ocon walks up to him and goes, why were you so slow? And I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing here, man? Like, he already knows he sucks. Why are you doing this? You know, and then you get, uh, you, like, when we were talking about why am I being asked, you know, I am still in sport and Oscar Piastri and whatnot. And he's like, I finished ahead of Ocon. I'm like, yes, that's what Esteban should be worried about. Yeah. Go beat the dude. And then they were yeah. dog fighting at uh, Saudi Arabia. Which that was fun. fun. That's fun. But at the same time, I was thinking, like, Otmar's Ooh, losing his mind. Like, Otmar's no, over here going. But like he wasn't. Do you remember they went and talked to like they did the like he's you know they sky oh, talked yeah, him in the pit wall. And he was like you. he's like whatever. He's like yeah it's all fine it's fine. He seemed very chill very relaxed and very I Otmar. Was, I thought he was lying to us. Like he was I, like I'm gonna tell him knock it off. I honestly don't know like what's going on over there. Like who like somebody's like not like he's technically supposed to be in charge, but I feel like he's very like. Because that that just didn't seem worth it, you know. Well, so, because... so one of the things I always have to remind myself and others is that racing is not a team sport. Yeah, right. It, it can't be. No. It can't. And it is especially not a team sport when you're driving against a guy who <laughs> basically is driving the same car you are. Yep. So it's not the car. It's no. you. Mm-hmm. 
like uh, there's a great study, uh, also Harvard Business Review, where they look at crash data over the, from hmm. like 1975 forward, and they find that most of the crashes take place in the latter part of the year when mm-hmm. egos have been flaring. There's been lots sure. of tension building, but they also take place between teams and drivers that are next to each other in the standings. Sure. So it's much sure. more likely for a McLaren to perhaps uh, wreck a Ferrari in 2020 mm-hmm. than it would mm-hmm. be for a McLaren to wreck Mercedes because yep. you're not racing them. You're racing yep. the team that is in front of you and behind you. Yep. So that gets magnified when you're on the same team. And the mm-hmm. famous incident is Nico Rosberg and <laughs> yeah. Lewis Hamilton 2016. <laughs> yep. And Toto going, I will fire both of you. I swear yeah. to God. <laughs> I, like if that happens again, and I'm going, yo, man, you got you got two dudes that are world champs who, who expect to be world champ again. They know that only one of them, forget our constructors. We don't care. <laughs> Except Nico did not expect to be world champ again. He was like, I'm going to dip. <laughs> That's but it's, it. like, it's, it's also going back to Lewis and just yeah. how people think they should win against him. Because the other thing I really love about that dude is the number one job you have is to protect the car. Mm-hmm. And people forget that because, mm-hmm. you know, like we're talking about Nicholas Latifi, whose daddy's basically <laughs> yeah. in the car, who is out. He's, he's wrecking the car at such a pace that money doesn't matter anymore. We gotta he's got to be like he's got to be like a net negative at this. Right. Point. Like in the I think he's got to be Lewis ain't dogfighting anybody. If you're faster, no. you just go by and he'll yeah. say, fine, I, I will catch you using the racing line and late mm-hmm. breaking. I mean, the way that Alex yeah. Albon took points for Williams this year. Right. That's the Amazing. way that Lewis is used to driving. Yeah. Nico, that ain't him. Yeah, no. <laughs> Nico's a lot like Max, which, by the way, is yep. what most drivers are. They're very aggressive. Yeah. They want to nudge you and point you and force you to yep. make a dis- uh, mistake because they're just riding you. Yep. And Lewis is not that guy. He's no, just he's like methodical. No, right. Mm-hmm. And to have that sort of serenity yep. in that car. Mm-hmm. is ridiculous but also he's it not is. immune to criticism like there's no, a great scene in this uh fourth season where there's a bunch of people that are waiting on lewis to show up he's going why are there so many people here yeah and then yeah. He, he handles it right he talks to him tells him what they yeah. need to do. but you can you can I mean, that was like COVID anxiety though too well, for yeah, sure. right but but anxiety yeah. Because yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. Mean? Why are there so many people here? They're here to yeah. see you for the only time in their lives. I mean, and haven't we all felt that like when you first go to like a thing, like now after everything, you're like, oh, uh, I'm oh. not I don't feel so good about this. Like, Anna, this doesn't seem right. When you are walking into a room where, you know, people know you, but you don't uh-huh. know what they think about you. Mm-hmm. That's the anxiety. Yeah. Right. It's that's not the big for me. It's not the big room. It's all of these people are expecting some version of me and I don't know which mm-hmm. version they expect. Right. So I'm going to try to be the best version of who I am right now. Mm-hmm. So like the race uh, radio is, is also very candid and I really mm-hmm. enjoy it, but I'm also <laughs> nuanced and not an idiot. Yeah. So when Lewis says something like uh, you guys put me in an impossible position or in a difficult position as yeah. being told to let George go yeah. and take the podium and not fighting mm-hmm. for the podium, I'm going, yeah, that does suck. Mm-hmm. And then Lewis has to back off of being like, no, I was talking about something else. I'm like, no, you don't. You can, <laughs> it's fine. I'm an adult. I know. But there are lots of people that just want to take a dump on whatever yeah. it is. No, it doesn't matter what he says or does for oh, a lot of people. It's but never going to matter. That's everybody, by the way. That's not just him. That's, that's yeah. all the drivers. Sure, sure. Everybody's but favorite, he, Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. He can't say anything wrong. And then I'm like, why? When did all the McLaren fans show up? Mm-hmm. Oh, Tell me what you think about this. Okay. 
I did. I again, Google and me just going down my <laughs> rabbit hole because my natural instinct is to be a journalist. <laughs> Who is the most popular driver in F1? What currently? Yes. Well, I mean, Lewis, obviously. Negative. Oh, Negative. what do you mean? He's fourth on the list. So, oh, you mean in that poll that they but did? That's is that the what you mean? Scientific thing we have. I mean, it's not that scientific, though. Do you know, like you, they published, I mean, they said how many responses they got, and it was 169,000. Like, yeah. I mean, like that's, so that's not that many. So, it, okay. Take that sample size. Yeah. Carve it up. Most of the people who voted were women. Yeah. And most of the people who voted for the most popular driver in the sport were 18 to 24 year old women. Sure. It is also to say you are reaching a group of people, not unlike yourself, Mm -hmm. who want to be involved in the sport and are finding their own way to get involved. Mm -hmm. So Daniel Cardo is a handsome man. (laughs) Apparently, I've heard the rumors. is a handsome man i mean he could be like my son but yeah that's yeah that's neither here nor there but he's the most popular driver in the sport yes yeah Yeah. max is second right right and then um and then i think it's then i think it is daniel and then it's lewis yeah i think it's just something like that yeah i'm going okay number one i i if i'm a marketer i always (laughs) want to tap into but just capitalistic talk right here sure i want to tap into women's market and in particular uh moms because if mm-hmm. i got mom i got the whole family because she's making decisions <laughs> uh-huh. right uh Damn on what straight. we're doing and how we do it she's mm-hmm. the person that buys video games she's the person that indulges in your extracurricular activities she's the person that more often than not makes sure that her husband in many cases rightly or wrongly has the things that he wants as well yep. so if you can get to her <laughs> get to the other three and mm-hmm. quite frankly, men aren't really that into telling everybody what they think online or in a survey. <laughs> they would much rather just, you know, tell you that's bollocks and leave or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. I've never had any men tell me anything online. <laughs> oh my God. I just. <laughs> All to say, I find the space that F1 is occupying both very cool and very tenuous because yeah now yeah. you have a predominantly male and predominantly white and predominantly upper middle class sport mm-hmm. that is being nascar yeah and yeah i came up on dirt tracks right i oh, came up cool. to riches which is to say hey it might cost a thousand dollars to get to the grandstand at miami but that don't mean that we ain't gonna be there <laughs> okay. I like it. That it. That, I that, love that, it. That, you don't. You're. You're not gonna keep us out. We're gonna climb fences. <laughs> we're gonna bring bootleg snacks, and we're gonna be loud. And we're gonna be exactly the kind of people that Bernie Eccleston wanted to keep out of the sport. I love it. I love so it. I'm fascinated to see how this goes because Liberty Media is about it, right? They want. Yeah. To grow the oh sport yeah. Yeah. They want to make it a money making proposition, and they're on their way totally. to doing that. Like. All the things that yep. Chase Carey said he wanted to do when they've installed him as CEO have come true. Yep. yep. Um, also, Chase yeah, Carey, they're going to get a, a ton of money when they renegotiate the TV rights. Right. Like they're going because you know, ESPN million got them for like million. nothing. Right. Well, and then there's the whole. <laughs> so no one cared about F1 when they bought it. Well, and it's they not only do they not care, they pipe in the Sky Sports broadcast fully that is yeah. owned by F1. Right. Yeah. So F1 has all the rights to all its properties. Mm-hmm. 
And you're about to deal with some entertainment executives that ain't used to doing business that way. Yeah. And you're also in this market, which does entertainment extremely well. Fascinating. Yeah, I, I really, I actually really hope like Ellen, Ellen, I've been talking about that. It is our dream for if it's probably not going to happen, uh, but uh, that whoever gets the rights next, that it probably, I mean, it may be still ESPN, but it I seems think it's like it could be, be someone. You think it'll still be them, really? I think it's going to okay, be interesting. Yeah. Um, but that I, you know, that we're like, oh, it'd be so cool if somebody, whoever gets, builds out an American, you know, commentary team, that would be really cool. Good luck. Um, to have. Yeah, it's probably, I know it's not going to happen. Well, as you got to say, uh, the reason, like, take the Premier League, for instance. Mm-hmm. Put an American commentary team on that, people will hate it. They have demonstrated they want a British. Oh, really? Voice. Even Americans. Oh, yeah. So there's a great yeah. book uh, about the Premier League and yeah. how it was built and basically how it conquered America sure. that I, I will send to you. But sure. mo- one of the takeaways was yeah, you have to have Arlo White on this call. You have to have Interesting. former English footballers on this call. Yeah. American yeah. Quiet, because one of the things that they are showing up for is the British experience. Hmm. So in that F1, does make sense. That does make sense. They're yeah, showing up for the, I get the it. European experience because like Francis Monaco for a moment there looked like it might not be back. Yeah. And everybody's like, we'll bring it back. And I'm going, Monaco's actually an awful race. Yeah, it's not it's that a, exciting. It's, a, it's an awful race. No, it's very boring. And Only going, qualifying is interesting. But it's been around forever. You know, yeah. look, man, yeah. they, they ran the Caesar uh, Palace Grand Prix 1982 in a parking lot going clockwise. They yeah. don't actually care. No, no. Exactly. Exactly. Monaco. Yeah. By the way, Charles Leclerc being born and raised in Monaco. What? I mean, nobody's from Monaco, Anna. Well, nobody's from Monaco. (laughs) He's from Monaco, RJ. There's a whole video where he shows Carlos around, and he's like, "This is where I went to school, and this is where I did this." And And you have Tom Brady absolutely launching Lombardi Trophy from boat to boat. I can't. can't, Yeah, that was. I can't stand. (laughs) I can't stand, man. But I really, I'm, I am not. What I'm not happy about is that, like, they want to make you know, Miami, like the American Monaco, I'm not here for it. Well, I'm like, this that'll is be Vegas. I mean, well, that's true. That'll be Vegas. That's, that's true. But there well, looks know. like it's going to have lots of overtaking. So that's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that will be cool. Like I, I honestly, Vegas, like I have no issue with, I'm like, I, I wish I could go Yo, because that looks pretty, pretty I, sick. I, look, I, I got a friend that just, uh, he bought a house over there and I, I called Dibs. <gasps> like, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, like it, it also gets me back to, did you Does know your friend won a new Phoenix? friend? <laughs> <laughs> Let me call him Andrew, see what he thinks. Listen, there's always room for more friends. <laughs> he, he apparently has several bedrooms. It's it's a very good deal. Oh, uh, you don't oh, say. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's okay. coming up in the yeah. world. I'm very excited mm-hmm. for him. Oh. Uh, do you know there was a, a Grand Prix in Phoenix? Oh, I had no, I had and no idea. When it? was that? <laughs> like I know there was one in Detroit. There was one in Detroit, which I find well, that's that. that's Glenn. Yeah, that was yes. fine, except the garage was three miles away. <laughs> so you had to get in a truck to go get a part. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Americans, we could care less. Like, <laughs> F1, you need what? No, you're not getting that. Like, Eric that sounds, gonna miss that the sounds awesome. Because he's watching Brazil in the World Cup in the hotel. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. No, it's it, there's. Like we should, we should just talk about the United States and F1 because it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's right. A whole but like, thing. it's basically it's it's what you might think in the fifties and sixties with, you know, 
world uh, Grand Prix being run and America's doing well and driving in Ferraris. And then we care about what Ford's doing and we care about NASCAR and we care about Indy. And then Mario Andretti shows up and it's like, oh, we got one. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. And they're like, <laughs> actually, no, we don't. We don't. We didn't actually mean that we were going to put up our money for this. Yeah. But you can use the track. It's fine. <laughs> Wait, well, you don't have a track in Vegas. Yeah, we do. It's this parking lot. You got to do is put some cones up. <laughs> That's what they did. Go, go watch the 1982 Caesars Palace Grand Prix. Yeah, on that was, YouTube. and that was Mario Andretti's last F1 race. Yes, it can was. Can you imagine that being it, your last he's F1 race? He's up so and sad. down. They're so all bouncing up and down. It's the worst possible race. <laughs> the original porpoising. <laughs> Um, Anna Tarkov, one of the hosts of Racing Incident, which I believe is a joke on uh, Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen. Yes. I mean, you know, it. Be- I think I feel like it definitely has become okay. that. And we do actually have like when you listen in the outro, there's a little piece of the of little Charles, you know, just an incident, <laughs> just an incident on the race. Uh, you have to love little oh, Charles. And Max is pissed. Yeah. Max oh, Max is, is, Max is not having it. Max is like, I mean, Max is like, he seems about the same for, you know, I mean, yeah, nobody's changed. Nobody's no, changed. no, they haven't. The no, they they're totally the same. I mean, Lewis, Lewis too. Like when you look at him back then, you know, he's like, I don't know if you've seen that clip where they're like, he's being interviewed by like this uh, kid who speaks Spanish oh, and yeah, English yeah, yeah. only barely, you know? And then, uh, yeah, he's like, and it's just like, it's exactly like the way Lewis is now. Like it's pretty, it's like the same. You know, it seems a little more well-spoken now and all that, sure, you know, but other than that, it's like very, very similar. Like he touches his nose in the same way. It's so cute. Um, um, yeah. It's, when anyway. new episodes of Racing in an Incident drop? Uh, so Wednesdays are when is uh, when new episodes drop every single Wednesday. We plan to do it every week, even uh, during the break, even during the off season, um, unless we're kidnapped by aliens or something, there will be an episode every Wednesday. Uh, and sometimes it's like late on Wednesday, but it's always Wednesday, um, because sometimes there's, you know, issues, technical difficulties, et cetera, we have jobs. but, but yeah, every single Wednesday. And if you go to, um, racingincident.com is the easiest way to subscribe because there's a nice subscribe button on there and then it'll bring up all your different platforms. Uh, you can pick whichever one you listen to podcasts on some things you can find us on. Like if you search for racing incident, but not everything yet, cause we're still new. Oh, so. right well, I am excited and I'm rooting for you and I am. Thank a you. And at Tarkov, thank you so much for jamming with me. It was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it so much. Thank you. Very cool, dude. Um, that's Yay. awesome. Uh, do you have questions for me? No, not really. Okay. All right. We'll have to do it again sometime. Please uh, say the word and thank you for working with me on this. Uh, sure. My job has been eating me alive here lately. Uh, I got back very late. Oh my God, that's right. It is super late for you. You need to get to sleep. You have. Oh, no, I'm on your time. I'm on your time. Oh, you. Oh, that's right. But okay. Oh, thank you. I still got to get on planes and go places. And that sucks. I hate. I hate. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not happy. Not happy. I'm a a crappy traveler. You are really. You don't like it bad because I have to travel all the time. Yeah, I was going to say this is you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong field. No, I started out doing this from my house. And then Fox is like, (laughs) do you want to drop? And then I'm like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> like seriously, I'm doing a PhD program in Oklahoma State, and I'm doing this YouTube oh channel about college God. football. You're doing a PhD program? No, I I was. I had you to drop were. out of the program to take this job. Oh, because I went up to my writing professor, and I said, "So I got this." Well, job I think you made the right call. Well, probably. and she was like, "So what's it pay?" And I told her. She's like, "Yeah." 
yeah, that's like three times what you're going to get paid. Yeah, exactly. Go exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you made, you made the right call. You made yeah. the right call for sure. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is going to go up just as soon as I can get it up. Uh, All right. Cool. going to do a bit of a short intro, but sure. I will send it to you. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've, uh, I think I already subscribed to it and I will see it in my, yeah. Um, I have, I listened to some ungodly number of podcasts. We all, um, but yeah, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I listen like when I especially listen, all like, yeah, I'm still fi- like, there's like, I'm still finding like new F1 ones and, but now I'm like, okay, I listen to like an episode or two. And if it's a no, I'm like, okay, unsubscribe. Right. That's a, you know, but I'm, but that to me is like very important to like when we started our show, you know, which is only just, I mean, we, we've only recorded now the third episode so it's still super early um but i was like like i don't want to do something that everyone else is doing like i always i want to do something that no one's doing so hopefully that's going to be what we because like we talked like on our last episode we spent like huge this this is an off week so there's no race to talk about obviously and there and so we spent huge chunk of time talking about the um the situation in miami gardens with the residents that are um soon so yeah we will have to listen to that one at least a few (laughs) tomorrow at some point yeah it's yeah because like no one I mean it's like really frustrating to me to oh I forget what I was going to tell you what we like got off track or whatever is that when we were talking about the uh, Charles uh watch getting stolen the three hundred and twenty thousand dollar watch so I like I post like I, I like tweeted I was like this is you know not a real problem sorry like obviously it's no one should have things stolen, whatever, you know, but it's like, this is not, I mean, like, I think what happened, like Lando had a thing like he his what, but I think he was also like, that was a little bit worse. And that I think someone like actually like may have threatened him and like maybe had a, at least as I understand, I think that was a little bit worse, like where it was more like something like that. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's like kind of scary. And like, you know, I have a little bit more sympathy, I guess, <laughs> than when someone just like picks your pockets, like no harm done, really, like, come on, you know? And uh, so when I put, I was like, and then I post, I was like, like, why you do ask yourself, like, why does a $320,000 watch like even exist? You know, when there are people like, I'm just, that's a no. And, and then this guy replies, he's like, I have to introduce you to like Swiss timepieces where 320,000 is not expensive. I was like, dude, I don't want to know. Hey, man. Like, uh, I don't want to know, wait like this, point. this is just... wrong. This is so wrong. Like, this is just deeply wrong. Like there should not like uh I yeah, I mean I'm I'm like a I'm like a borderline communist so. <laughs> no hey look uh we could go another hour about that because I'm not I know borderline. I, I know we could here. I just live here. Oh, yeah yeah same 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 we'll talk Anna, about it another so time much. I'm gonna go to bed thank you this was fun it was uh I will yeah, yeah I will bug you probably tomorrow about stuff okay cool. I'm sure we'll be talking again very soon. I hope so. Bye. Yeah, me too. Bye.